Hello and welcome to Placements, a student survival guide and RCN Magazine's audio series. I'm Rachel Healy, senior writer and digital content editor for RCN Magazines. We're joined again today by Dr. Sharon Black, the RCN's professional lead for education and leadership. Sharon has worked in higher education for nearly 20 years at four different universities, so has plenty of wisdom to pass on. For the second instalment in our series, we're looking at how students can make the most of their placements. Sharon, what are your top tips for students looking to make the most of their placement? I think it's about your preparation for that placement, having a really clear understanding of what it is you want to get out of that, because this is your opportunity to learn. So absolutely, it's, it is actually about the people accessing the service and the people in your care, but it is also about you and about the things that you can learn. So going prepared with some really clear learning outcomes, taking the opportunities to, you know, if, if something, uh, particular tests are, are going on that day or a certain procedure, asking if you can be involved in that. So it's about being as proactive as you possibly can, really getting to know the team as soon as possible that you, you start on that placement. And again, as I mentioned before, if you've got any specific um, needs that you, you may have, be they health or specific learning needs, talking to your supervisor about that so that they can help you with some management of that as much as possible. Brilliant, yeah, all great ways to prepare. Um, Students will come across the following terms, so can you explain what is a practice supervisor or a practice assessor? Practice supervisor and practice assessor roles were introduced in 2018 by the Nursing and Midwifery Council as a way of ensuring that students receive the appropriate support when they're out in practice. Um, The previous term was mentor and that had to be um, a registrant. So with these standards the practice supervisor can be any registered healthcare professional which enables you to work and be supervised by a physiotherapist for example or an occupational therapist when you're on that particular that particular shift. So that's that's really good. So every shift that you're on you will have somebody who is a named practice supervisor for that for that day they can contribute to your practice assessment if you do any particular skills on that day Um, and then the role of the practice supervisor can be undertaken by um, any registered healthcare professional which enables you to work with a physiotherapist or an occupational therapist for that day and they can input into your assessment documentation so you should have a named supervisor for each of your of your shifts. Some placements, there'll be a, a group of supervisors. Some placements, you may just offer one for a, a few weeks, which is absolutely fine. So different placements do it slightly differently. But then on all placements, you will have a named practice assessor who has to be um, an NMC registrant, either a nurse for nursing or for midwifery, a, a registered midwife. So if we focus on nursing, so you will have um, a nurse who is registered with the NMC and they will take the overall responsibility for the assessment of your placement. So the purpose of the the two roles was to, to split the overall assessment part out of the old mental role, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. to into the two roles. So that really enables you to get that support and not worry that you're being judged by the practice assessor 
all the time. Your practice assessor then has some communication with your academic assessor in university. That might be a conversation, it might be written, it might be over email, but either way they will use that practice assessment document to communicate your progress from one from one placement to the other. Brilliant, that's a great description, thank you. And We've covered this a little bit, but is there anything else that students should expect from their practice supervisor or their practice assessor, or is there anything they should be asking them for? Your practice supervisor, if we go, you know, for that day by day, looking at that first, they are there to support you. And as you go through the programme, that supervision should get a bit less as, as you get become more and more independent. Um, but they are there to help you, to guide you, to, to answer your questions and queries, to give you continuous feedback as you go you know, throughout your placement. Use their knowledge and skills as much as you possibly can. Um, and that's both for the supervisor um, and assessor roles. Um, you know, really speak to them, gain as much as you possibly can from them. Brilliant, thank you. And what is expected from a student while they're on placement? All students should be supernumerary. And what that means is they are not to be counted in the established staffing numbers. So, for example, what shouldn't be happening is a member staff goes off sick, that a a bank member of staff or an agency member of staff isn't um, booked because you've got two students on duty. So that really shouldn't, shouldn't be happening. But... Um, you are there to learn and you absolutely are there to get stuck in you know not, you're not just there to stand and observe so I think it, it, you are there to be part of that team to be part of the delivery of that particular service so sometimes students think I'm being counted the numbers because I'm being asked to do things absolutely you should be asked to do things like any other member of staff would be but the supernumerary side is that that you're not being counted in, in that establishment and you should still be allowed to go with, with someone who's been in your care, go with that person to theatre, for example, or go with them for a particular test or um, examination. So you shouldn't be prevented from doing that because there aren't enough staff in that particular team. So that's what we mean by supernumerary status. So it's there to protect you as a student. The Nursing Midwifery Council are very clear that um, students should be supernumerary in practice but equally you're there to be part of the team and do the work of that team. Brilliant thank you and what should students on placement expect from other members of the multidisciplinary team that they're working with? Again I think it's how you engage with the other members of the multidisciplinary team. Some placements you will see so I'll use stroke care for example so you'll see speech and language therapists physiotherapists occupational therapists social workers a whole range of as you know as well as doctors and nurse associates you know a whole range of of different staff I think it's for you to as a student to really look at how you can engage with them and maybe arrange working with them for a day so if you have got you know um an occupational therapist for example doing maybe a home assessment trying to arrange to go with them to do that equally with a physiotherapist if they're doing particular sorts of therapy you know they are all there to input into your to your experience but try and be proactive to um, for that to happen because they won't necessarily come to you most of them will they'll know you're a student nurse and say do you want to come and 
join me to do this particular thing whatever that might be um so usually they are very proactive but i think it's it's down to you really to to sort of push those experiences great yeah that's great to know and how can students make the best of learning opportunities can you tell us a bit about reflective practice in particular i think um reflective practice is really important from day one and i don't think there's a day gone by that i haven't thought about whatever role i've been in haven't thought about what's happened on that particular day doesn't mean you have to write an essay on it it's about questioning what you've learned today could you have done it better you know what's happened and then usually when you ask yourself those questions the next day you can then go to place and say oh, i thought about this that happened yesterday if something's really bothering you or you're really upset about something i think it's really important to think about what was it about that situation that bothered you what was it that that upset you who was there around you at the time um did you go to someone for support immediately or have you mulled it over in your head the particular experience that some students do um find difficult for absolutely understandable reasons is seeing their first death for example which can be really quite traumatic but what was it about that 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 made it a positive learning experience in terms of how you dealt with the family how you worked with the team around you or what was it that made you feel particularly uncomfortable it's okay to feel uncomfortable it's okay to feel sad but really reflect on those sorts of experiences and then try and, and, and look at how you might... Reflection isn't about changing everything. Reflection is also about identifying what went really well. Why did my shift go so well today? What was it about the team and the maybe the team manager or whoever was in charge on that day that made that shift go so well, despite the fact we were really busy? So really reflect on those positive experiences and question... No, don't just say this went really well. Why did it? And then learn from that going forward. So I think reflective practice is so important. Yeah, great point. Thank you. And can you offer any advice on asking for and receiving feedback during placements? Yeah. Feedback is one of the best ways that we can that we can learn. I think though sometimes not everybody is comfortable giving feedback and certainly not everyone is re- is comfortable receiving that feedback. So I think in terms of if there's somebody you want feedback from, so if we look at your practice supervisor or your practice assessor, those two, two roles, saying to them, opening that conversation, look, I really want to make sure I get plenty of feedback. So if there's something I'm not doing particularly well, I'd really welcome that feedback because I want to improve. So I think the first thing to do is to open that dialogue so everyone knows I'm okay about receiving feedback. But equally, it's good for that person to open that as well and say, yeah, I'd quite like feedback about my role as a practice supervisor. Or if you see anything that you think we need feedback on, please do that. We need to develop more into to learning from each other, about each other, with each other. I think that's so important. So opening those conversations, but also when you get the feedback, it's not only what went right or wrong. Okay, so what can I now do differently? Or what should I keep doing to ensure that I continue to do one in the future? And and really try and get used to getting feedback right from the beginning. You might not always like, think I've worked so hard today and 
I don't feel like I'm getting anything right. And that might not be the case. It just might be that no one's just had the opportunity to say to you, do you know what, you did great today. And sometimes that's that's all it needs. But definitely opening that conversation, giving someone permission to give you the feedback, welcome that feedback and turn it into that learning opportunity. Yeah, that sounds really valuable. Thank you. And we've spoken a lot about what will happen in the workplace, but what support can students expect from their university while on placements? Universities are there to support you. There is so much support that you can get from your university. Different universities work very differently. Some universities have um, link lecturers that will come out and see you um, in placement. Others do face-to-face visits or you know, online now, particularly what we've learned over the last few years. It can be done very effectively on a Teams call or a WhatsApp call or, you know, whichever. But I think ultimately the important thing is to go for that support if you need it. Mm. Because there will there will be lots of standard support there for you. But unless someone from your university knows that you're struggling or you want to know something, they might not they have to know that you need that support so my advice would be you know if you've got particular health concern talk to somebody engage with student services if you're feeling particularly anxious student services at universities are really good i've never met a service that's bad they are all really good and they are there to support you but usually you would have to go to them to say i'm struggling i need some help make the most of your personal tutorials make the most of any of those that you know if your university runs clinical supervision which some universities do make the most of those opportunities even if you're just sitting and listening and learning from your peers I think it's really important to to engage in all those activities Mm, definitely and we touched on this slightly when we discussed feedback but students are often viewed as a fresh pair of eyes if they see opportunities for improvement while on placement and want to suggest any changes How can they best navigate that kind of conversation? Yeah, and I think this is something I've come across quite often. I think one of the first things to do is get some support and advice. Talk to maybe, it might be your personal tutor, it might be one of your peers, it might be a more senior student that's your buddy or that you've kind of, you've developed that relationship with. But I think it is really important that you raise it. So maybe when you meet with your practice supervisor saying, I've noticed this. Is there a reason why it happens this way? So always question why it happens in a certain way first, because they may have tried very different ways of doing it. And then you, rather than going in with, I think you should do this, because that could be potentially damaging to a relationship. So, you know, if you go there asking why it's done like this, and then maybe say, well, I've read something and just wondered if you'd ever tried anything different before. And then they may say, yes, we have. And this, you know, it didn't work because of, you know, we gave it a go. It was either too costly or it took too much time or, and have that, that real sort of conversation. Most universities do service improvements and transformation within the curriculum. And also your curriculum should contain lots of leadership, teaching and guidance and learning and you know, how to deal with change, how to have those conversations. So have those conversations first. But absolutely, if you identify something that you think this would work really well here. And I think because as a student, you move from one placement to another, you do so many placements, 
you do pick up really good ideas from other areas of practice. So whereas, you know, the team, lots of teams stay in the same place for, for a long time. So again, it's about that environment of learning from each other, but absolutely share your ideas, take in papers. And even if it's something interesting that you've read, take it to your placements. Oh, I've read this this paper or this, this article or this chapter in this book. You know, so it might not be I'm trying to change the world, but, you know, not everyone has time to do as much as you're having to do because you're writing your assignments and you're going to, to class. And so share all those ideas with the team. Brilliant. Thank you. So we've covered a lot of interesting points already, but are there any other key issues we might have missed? I think supernumerary status is a, is a, a real big one. But I think if you feel part of the team I think that's that's really important so it's getting stuck in with all those activities but if you do find that you for some reason are being counted in the numbers or staff aren't being booked because we've got four students on duty today so you don't need another healthcare assistant actually that does need to be raised with with the university. I think it's really important that you you do raise that as a concern. Sharon, thank you for all of those incredible tips. In our next episode, we're actually going to be talking about raising concerns so we can continue thinking about those issues you just mentioned. For more tips, advice and inspiration for nursing students, visit rcn.org.uk slash studentsmag. Or you can explore RCN starting out our exclusive online resource for student and newly registered nurse members. Visit startingout.rcn.org.uk to find out more.